If you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to open to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to be looking. Uh, And last week, we sort of had a New Year's message. All right, and I, we just simply called it my wish for you. And it essentially was a chance for me as your pastor just to say, hey, uh, if I could have one wish for you, one wish for our church, here's what it would be. And my wish for us was that the year 2022 would be a year of unprecedented growth. All right, growth in you, growth in me, growth in our church spiritually, numerically, like just growth. Like we want to see growth in this year. And the purpose was really to get us in the right mindset as we start this new year, to live intentionally and to have a purpose as to why we make decisions this year. I mean, so often I think we just go through life making decisions, uh, doing different things, and we don't really ever stop and, and think about the purpose, the intentionality behind some of those. Uh, and today we are doing another kind of single message, but it really goes with last week in a way. Uh, we are talking about prayer and fasting today. All right? And I'm actually going to be honest with you. I'm really going to be talking about fasting. All right? It's not that prayer is not important. Prayer is incredibly important. Uh, and because of such, we actually talk about it pretty often. Uh, and we will do messages on it multiple times a year, different things. But I think oftentimes the idea of fasting just kind of gets overlooked and ignored uh, many times. So, uh, and this is a big mistake for us when we do that. So we are going to look at fasting today. And then I'm actually going to be challenging all of us to consider fasting this week. All right? So as you're coming in, hopefully you grabbed one of these cards. We're going to look at this at the very end of today. Uh, If you didn't, you can grab one of those at the end, or you can get up and go and get one now. Uh, We'll be looking at that at the end. So can can we do this? So can we first just stand together, uh, join together in prayer before we do anything else? God, I pray that you would just be so clear to us today. God, that even if we walk out of here and there's things that don't completely make sense or, or we didn't follow certain things, Lord, that when we walk out of here, we would just know that we have spent time in your presence, God, and that we would be changed because of it. And Lord, the people that we interact with this week would be able to look at us and just say, they have spent time with God. The same way the people said that about your disciples. God, that we would just have a different spirit about us, that we would just live differently. Jesus, we ask that in your name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. And actually, so you opened up to Mark 2. I'm going to tell you to take that and just kind of set it to the side for a second. All right, we are going to get to that today. Uh, But I first want to just kind of lay some groundwork for us that I think is important before we kind of jump into what we're going to look at uh, in the Bible. All right, fasting is considered a spiritual discipline which is simply put kind of a habit or practice that helps us grow spiritually, all right? Uh, And fasting, if you don't know what fasting is, fasting is just kind of making this choice to go without something, most often food, and instead kind of taking that and focusing more on God, all right? And we see it through Scripture. uh, And and then different spiritual disciplines, kind of depending on where you look, Uh, There isn't anything formal written in Scripture, uh, but there's a lot of different books that talk about this that people have written, uh, different habits. It it would be things like meditation and prayer, 
fasting, study, uh, simplicity, solitude, submission, service, confession, worship, guidance, celebration, these types of things. Uh, these would be spiritual disciplines that uh, what they are is when we live our life in a way where we incorporate these habits into our life, it is setting us up, it's creating a lifestyle of growth. And that's really what we talked about last week, which is why this is so uh, kind of in sync together, is that if we want to live a lifestyle where we are going to grow, then we need to develop certain habits, we need to have certain things in our life that are going to help us grow. All right, now unfortunately, in our modern church and modern world, many of these disciplines have all but disappeared from a typical Christian's life. All right, and if we do practice some of them, it's often done on a Sunday morning like right now at a communal gathering like this. It's not something that finds its way into our day-to-day -day life throughout the week. All right, fasting was always an important part of a Christian's life. Jesus spoke about it uh, in a way where he assumed that his followers would do it, and probably on a more regular basis than once a year, which I think for a lot of us, that, that might be the best at what we're doing. It's kind of like once a year, we kind of get together and fast. All right, but in the last hundred years or so, it seems like for believers in the, in the Western world, fasting has become almost non-existent in our lives. And it's definitely not a habit in our lives for many of us. And when we do practice it, I don't think we always have the right mindset as we fast. All right? What do you mean by that, Pastor Josiah? All right, thanks for asking. I'm going to answer that. All right? Uh, well, this is not me, like, shaming or trying to correct any of us. Really what this is, is as I was studying this this week and really just kind of diving into this and looking at the idea of fasting, I came to realize that I think I have approached this incorrectly for many years in my life. All right? And, and what I want to do this morning is kind of point to a, th a few things that we see in the Bible. And I'm going to allow it to at least correct me in the way that I approach fasting this year. And, and hopefully you kind of feel a little bit of the same, or at least it makes you think of how am I fasting, why am I fasting, and, and should this be different, all right? Many times, not all, when I see Christians that are fasting today, it is often done expecting or hoping for a specific result at the end of it, all right? People want an answer from God. They want something specific to happen. They want something in their life to change. Maybe they're just like, hey, maybe I'll lose a few pounds as I do this. You know, whatever it is. Like, as they step into fasting, they're like, I hope something changes as a result of this. All right, and, and I think what happens is they care so deeply about what it is that they're kind of fasting over that they are willing to go without food. Now, the problem with this is it starts our thinking this way, uh, that we just have to pray hard enough and God will do it. All right, but I think if you've been following God for a certain amount of time, you're going to realize there are times where you have prayed incredibly hard for something and it hasn't happened. And I don't think we can sit there and say it's because you didn't pray hard enough. All right? And we, are, we become so worried about this specific result that we want to see that we're willing to say, hey, I'm not just going to like pray once. I'm going to pray like 10 times over this. And you know what? Just kind of as an extra cherry on top, I'm not only going to pray 10 times, I'm going to go without food. That's how much I care deeply about this idea, this result that I want to see. I'm going to add this extra juice on top, and I'm just going to, I'm not even going to eat. All right? And it's about getting that specific result. 
And I, there are some examples of this type of fasting in the Bible. So I'm not going to say that this is completely wrong in and of itself. All right, David, at one moment, begins to fast because after his discretions with Bathsheba, and he really screws up royally, he finds out that the son that is a result of this is going to pass away. So he fasts, hoping that that does not happen. All right, King Darius at one point fasts for Daniel when he is thrown into the lion's den, definitely hoping for a specific result. Esther and the Jewish people fasted when she was going to go see the king. And they wanted her to have favor when she saw the king. Nineveh fasts, sort of in hopes of not being destroyed. All right, and, and here's the thing. Looking back on these stories, and I'm going to step out on a limb here as I say this, I don't actually know how much the fasting made the difference in these situations. I mean, for David, his son passed away. Like the fasting, it, it did not achieve the result that he wanted. All right, King Darius, it's kind of a weird example because he's not really even a follower of God and he's fasting. I think he's just kind of like, this is what Daniel would do in this moment, so I'm going to do that for him. Esther, I think Esther was set up for this whole situation. We kind of see that through scripture. I don't think that the fasting made the difference of her finding the favor with the king at that moment. What it really does do is it shows the people's heart and their resolve in these situations. And Nineveh, you could actually say that they, they were fasting because of their grief of realizing that they were so wrong. And then they were kind of like tacking onto that, well, I hope that God maybe spares us in the midst of this. All right? But as a whole, biblical fasting isn't done hoping for a specific result. When you go and look through Scripture and look at fasting, it's not done with that mind. It isn't people trying to twist God's arm into doing something. When you go through scripture and look at the examples of fasting, far more often, the focus on stories with fasting isn't on fasting preceding something, like a result, but it is fasting following something. And what fasting often follows is a sacred or divine moment. Someone has an encounter with God, and as a result of that encounter, they fast. And you could even argue that Nineveh, on our list earlier, they were fasting as a result of being confronted with their wickedness. When you read through that, that passage, that's really where it starts. They are fasting, they are grieving in the midst of, of what they have been told. All right, they were told they were going to be wiped out in 40 days, and they were fasting because of the destruction that was coming on them, because they were sad and grieving. All right, which... Grieving and fasting, that's actually one of the most common reasons for fasting in Scripture. Is something happens, a moment happens, and people fast as a result of that. Now, as I've begun to look at fasting through this lens, it has changed how I see certain passages. All right, uh, A common one that we look at a lot is Jesus fasting for 40 days. All right, And often when I looked at that, I saw fasting as preceding the start of his ministry. And it does, and maybe that was part of the purpose, that it was fasting in preparation for his ministry. But as I look at this through a different lens, what I begin to realize is that this, his fasting might actually be as a response, again, to a moment. What happened immediately before he began his fast? He was baptized. He's in the Jordan River. John the Baptist baptizes him. And there's this amazing, sacred moment where the clouds open up, and God audibly speaks 
and says, this is my son who I am proud of. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. Like, crazy moment. This divine moment, sacred moment that happens. And then we see Jesus going fast. So maybe it's a little bit of both there. But I don't think we can ignore this moment that happens beforehand. All right, Moses fasts on Mount Sinai after encountering God. David fasts after different people in his life have died. Elijah fasts after the sacrifice showdown with the prophets of Baal and Jezebel promising to kill him. Daniel fasts after receiving a vision from God. Paul fasts after his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Later, Paul and Barnabas are worshiping and fasting with the early church. Then the Holy Spirit gives them a special work to do, commissions them on the first missionary journey, and in response to that message, they fast some more. Like it is, it, when we look at fasting in the Bible, so often it is, it is focused on what it is following, not on what it's preceding. And many other times in the Bible, fasting is in conjunction with mourning something that has happened. So again, it's following. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Biblically speaking, fasting follows moments with God more than it precedes them. Now you could argue, okay, God is obviously there after fasting as well. But do you understand what I'm saying here? The focus of this, fasting follows the moment more than it precedes it. And then, with that, when we see this idea of a sacred moment moving into fasting, then oftentimes there is a result that will happen after the fast. But that usually is not the reason for the fast, and many times it is not the focus of the story. All right, so instead of the result being this big thing that we focus on, and fasting being this little thing that kind of gets us there, it's really this, these major moments with God, these sacred divine moments, that then as a response to that moment, people fast. And then there can be a result that comes as well, whether that's because of the fast or just as part of that process. So in our modern practice, we often fast for a result, uh, but why is it that in the Bible they fast as a response? Well, think about this, all right? Humor me. Uh, think to the future with me right now. All right, what are you going to be doing? Uh, today is January 9th. What are you going to be doing on January 23rd, 2032? All right, so not just two weeks from now, but 10 years and two weeks from now. Okay, how many of you guys are that far out in your calendar that you have that figured out? Probably not. I believe it's uh, a Friday, so maybe you kind of know a little bit. Okay, I can tell you something that you are going to be doing with a lot of certainty. You're going to be eating. All right, you're, on that day, you're going to eat. Outside of unless you have made a decision to fast that day, like, you're going to be eating. We know that. And there are very few things in our life that we know that we are going to do every day. All right? Probably eat, sleep, use the bathroom. You know, like most days we know that's, that's going to happen. All right? So what happens here is when we choose to basically give up eating, we are taking something that is incredibly pivotal in our life, that is a foundation of us living, that is so regular for us to do, uh, and, and in response to a divine moment, God showing up and changing things in our life, 
changing a massive thing that, that has happened. Maybe, maybe our life has changed for the good, maybe for the bad. It doesn't matter. This divine moment happens. And what we say is in response to this moment and the change that it brings, I am going to actually change my life right now, even if just for a meal or two or three or a couple days. And I'm going to kind of put this, this analogy of like, I'm going to change something that is pivotal to me. God, you have changed my life. I'm going to change something right now. And I'm going to take that time to reflect on what you have done and to focus on it more. All right, and that, that's kind of what it does. It also, there are so many other things that go along with this uh, that I'm not going to go into. And we have preached on before, like the fact that when you don't eat, you get uncomfortable. How many of you guys are in that spot? You can tell when one of your family members has missed a meal because they get a little hangry, right? It's like those Snickers commercials. All right, I love those. Those are one of the best things that ever came across TV. All right, like, but what that does is it teaches us that discomfort is not always a bad thing. Like, growth causes discomfort. That's a good thing. Fasting causes discomfort. Like, it's a good thing. It's training our body. It's saying, I'm not a slave to my stomach. I'm not a slave to my body and to my urges. Instead, I have control over these things. All right? And so this is Paul and Barnabas. God gives them a whole new mission in life. And they stop and they fast and they pray. So their life is now changed because of this new mission. And they're saying, okay, we are going to stop, we are going to fast, and we are going to pray about this change. And then they are sent out to do it. It also helps us recognize our frailty and our fragility as humans. That in order to live and to be sustained, it takes more than just us. None of us have what we need to live. We are constantly being sustained by something outside of ourselves, food. And when we choose to give that up, what we are kind of doing is we are recognizing that there is something outside of me that sustains me and keeps me going. And actually, even more so than food, something outside me that sustains me is God. So I can even get rid of this food in this moment and say, God, you are what sustains me. I need you. All right, this, this is all of kind of what comes together with this. And I think this helps us to become more humble in how we approach fasting, right? It's not demanding that God does this. Like, I am fasting, so now, God, you must respond in this way. Instead, uh, we, we come to God and we just say, like, I need you to sustain me. And something big has happened, and I, I need to hear from you before I take another step because I can't do it without you. Or I just need you in my life. I'm going to reflect on what has happened. Now, you can see how oftentimes there's a result that follows because of this, but the result is not the catalyst for the fasting. God is. The moment that has happened in our life is the catalyst. So I want us to get this today before we continue, uh, because I think we're missing it out we're missing this when we fast, all right? And, and I think first we're missing it because most of us have zero habit of fasting at all, all right? But then we are missing out because we, when we do it, I think we're doing it with the idea of a certain result. And there are so many more opportunities where God moves in, in my life, I know, and I should be slowing down and allowing God to give clarity and guidance and encouragement to happen as I fast in those moments, and this matters. It may seem like I'm splitting hairs here, but there are some things that theologically, the way we approach and think about things, it matters. 
because it changes so much of our mindset as we go into this. For me, it changes how I approach fasting. It's going to change why I fast. It's going to change what I expect to happen when I fast. And it gives me tons of extra moments in my life where I should be fasting. And previously, I never would have thought, this is how I should respond to this moment. All right, and I think we need to respond more often with fasting in our life. All right, I want us to look at Mark chapter 2. So if you set that aside, you can grab it. If not, it's going to be on the screen behind us. All right, and I'm going to give us, why does this all matter? What does this mean for us now, okay? So Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 18, we have Jesus here, and he has an interaction with the Pharisees, which always has tension in it, all right? Verse 18, once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. I, I, I've read this before and I've often been like, it seems like a kind of random little sidetrack that Jesus goes on here as he's talking to them. But it's important for us to understand something here. And that is, why are John's disciples and the Pharisees fasting? Like, that matters in this situation. All right? And it's important to catch what Jesus is trying to say here. That part matters. And the hard thing is, is this passage does not tell us why they are fasting. And I'm going to tell you this. There are times where we read through Scripture, and because we are 2,000 years later and halfway across the world, we miss things that they would have understood. And culturally here, we can take a little bit of a leap and have a pretty good guess as to why they're fasting. All right, so there are moments here where I say things, and they are not 100% guaranteed this is what's happening. But culturally speaking here, this is what we can think. All right? And, the, and so we know that John and the Pharisees, they did not get along. You remember his words to them? They came out to see him when he was baptizing people, and he said, you brood of vipers, which nowadays would, uh, would be like saying something that I would not say from the microphone up here on the platform. Okay, like it just, he is like calling them out in this moment. They did not get along. John and the Pharisees clashed. So most likely, it wasn't that the disciples were like, hey buddy, we're going to do this fast. You guys want to join us? It'd be fun to do together. Right, like I don't think that they're just like randomly doing this, calling each other up, or, or randomly happening to do this together. What, what happens is this. Um, I think if they were fasting at the same time, there's a good chance that it probably was more of a communal Jewish fast. Something common in Jewish culture was, was fasting to commemorate certain things. All right, so it would be in memory of something from the past. This means holidays that are representing things, festivals that are representing things, anniversaries of big events, tragic events in Jewish history. All right, if something was destroyed, if they were defeated in battle, they might fast as a memory uh, and honoring things from the past. All right, and when Jesus came and started his ministry, he came announcing an entire new thing. It was about God's kingdom coming right then in him. 
It wasn't about the past. All right, and this is what caused so much stress and friction between Jesus and the Pharisees who loved their legalistic traditions that are based in the past. Jesus is about now and the future, and they were focusing on the past. This is where that friction often comes in. So when he gets questioned about why aren't they fasting like everyone else, why aren't you remembering the things of the past like, like they are, then he goes into these analogies that probably make a little more sense to us now about how he is doing a new thing. You can't keep the old ways while trying to do something new. You can't patch clothes with old and new fabric being mixed together. You can't put wineskins and wine, old and new wine, shouldn't be mixed together. Like he's basically saying like, it's not about the old, it's about a new. And not trying to focus in the wrong spots. The Israelites were fasting because of these past events. And Jesus wanted them to look at what was happening now and what God wanted to do in them in the future. In our life, when Jesus moves and something happens, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we should be stopping and responding by asking ourselves, are we hanging on to the old way? Or are we truly ready for the new ways that God is leading us to? Like if we have a divine moment, if something happens in our life, and I think this could be true of, of pretty much any time they fast in the Bible, whether they are fasting because they are grieving, whether they are grieving because of the loss of somebody or being pointed out that they were wrong and they need to change, like whatever it is, are you moving forward trying to hang on to the past in a negative way, in an unhealthy way? There are things from the past that can be healthy. Are you hanging on to these unhealthy things while God is doing something in you and trying to move you forward? And fasting allows us to focus in and to hear more clearly from God and to do just that, to walk into what he is preparing us for. So here's what I want us to do. All right, I want this year for us to be willing to slow down and fast when big things have happened. All right, maybe something in your career changes and you need to fast in response to that. Maybe God is calling you to something new and you need to fast in response to that. Maybe you feel like God is speaking to you or you have some moment with the Holy Spirit that leaves you a little just shook and looking for clarity. Stop and fast for a day. Fast for a meal. Fast. Do, do something. Too often, our first response when we have some big moment in our life, when something changes, when something happens, we run to other people. And we're looking for advice. And we're looking for people to guide us and give us a step forward. Like Now, even as I say that right now, most likely everyone in the room is like, yes, I realize running to other people instead of moving closer to God is not the appropriate way to respond to these moments. So I want to challenge us with the idea that, that the appropriate way to respond is, is by fasting, is by interrupting our life in the same way that God interrupted our life, and he has complete permission to do that, he interrupted our life with some new moment, some new direction, some new thing happening, something tragic happening. And our life has been interrupted. 
the appropriate response is to then for us to turn around and actually make a conscious decision to then interrupt our life and reflect on it. That, that's, that's what fasting shows us when we look at it in the Bible. So I want fasting to be on our radar this year. I want it to become our default response when big moments happen in life. Now, what does this mean for us this week? All right, we said we, we are looking at doing a church fast. All right, well, I think that as we start a new year, it would be a good opportunity, new year, to stop and allow even just a new year to challenge us and to reflect, God, are there new places that you are taking me? Are there things from the old year, from 2021, that I am trying to bring into 2022 and I shouldn't be? Now again, you can hear even as I, as I talk this out, this sounds a little bit like I'm saying we should fast for the result. But I think the difference is saying this is a new year, this is a time in my life when I should stop, slow down, and reflect on what this moment means. And in response to a new year, I'm going to fast. And more than likely, as I fast, there will be a result that comes of that. So, I want this to become habit in our life this year, as things happen. Not that you have to put it on the calendar right now and say, every first Friday of the month, I'm going to fast. And maybe you could. That's not a bad thing to do that. But I think where we're missing this is when things happen in our life to stop and respond. So here's, here's kind of what we're going to do. All right. Uh, we have a big week coming up next Sunday, as I talked about, with this Vision Sunday. And I think in some ways, for me, I, I want to be fasting, drawing closer to God, and make sure that I, I'm ready for what God wants to speak to me. And some of that is going to be what I'm going to do this week. And as you came in, you probably grabbed one of these cards. You can take this out right now if you grabbed one of these. All right. And what we want to do is we want to just take a time as a church body to respond to God and to do it by fasting. And we are in no way making anybody fast, all right? Like, understand that. This is completely if you want to do this, but I'm going to challenge you to do it with us, all right? And we... And honestly, if you, if you don't want to put your name on here, whatever, that's fine. Like, we talked about this and we did a card because we're like, you know, we, we want to be, no, like, where's our church at in this? Are people taking this seriously? Do they want to move forward with fasting? Is this, or is this something we need to talk about more often, that, that there isn't enough clarity with it? All right, and, and we're going to ask you to just mark, like, okay, what are you going to fast? And we have it checked there as just how many days? One through seven days. All right? And then what we are going to do together is next Sunday night, we are going to have a special evening prayer time. It's going to start at 5 o'clock instead of our usual 6 o'clock when we do evening prayer. And we are going to pray together. And then I am planning on even just kind of sharing a little bit at the end of that. Because many, many spiritual things we do, they kind of have an inverse of them. Like there is time to be together in community. That is very biblical. There is time to be alone in solitude. That is very biblical. You can see that's kind of the opposite sides of a coin. All right, now fasting actually has the opposite side of a coin as well. And that is feasting. But most of us don't need to be told how to feast. 
all right? I think most of us are pretty good at that. But we're going to talk a little bit of, about that at the end of prayer next week. And actually, just sometimes the spiritual uh, ramifications or just the spiritual attitude that surrounds an idea of feasting, actually, as well. So what we're going to do is we are going to break the fast together next Sunday night after prayer. So what that means is if you're going to fast one day, we would ask you to count backwards from Sunday evening and fast one day. If you're going to fast two days, three days, count backwards from Sunday. All right, so it's not about we aren't starting the fast at the same time. We are finishing the fast at the same time. All right, if you can't make it to that, you can kind of do what you want as, as you move forward with this. Uh, but I think that there is something incredibly special about doing this together. All right, about fasting together and then breaking that meal together. All right, and that's going to be potluck style, everything like that. All right, so we'll talk about that. We will provide pulled pork sandwiches, all right, as the main thing. And then uh, we'll talk about that. If your name's on there and you've said you're coming to the meal, we'll get in contact with you and talk through kind of a little bit of that. Here's what I want us to do. Uh, we can stay seated, actually, because uh, we're kind of looking at this card, but I want to give us a moment, uh, just kind of as uh, some of the musicians come and just play uh, behind us here, I want to give us a moment to kind of reflect even right now, to take time to stop and ask God for a little bit of clarity. And I know this morning's message is not kind of this usual, like, Hoorah, let's do this together. But I think it matters that we understand biblically certain ideas. And I think sometimes we choose not to partake in things because we don't feel like we understand them. And when we don't understand them, we don't, we don't get the why. Why should I be wanting to do this? Why does this matter in my life that I skip a meal? You know, and so I wanted to kind of present that in a little bit of a different light as well this morning. All right, so I want, us, I want us right now just to take a little bit of time. Maybe you already knew coming in today that we are going to be talking about fasting. We tried to kind of get a message out uh, to anybody that ha we have their contact information just saying, hey, be in prayer about this. Uh, but maybe this is the first you're kind of hearing about this. Let's take a few moments here. Does anyone not have a card? We have an usher that will come and just give one to you. Just slip your hand up. We got one over here, a few over here, okay. Just keep your hand up until you get a card if you don't have one. Um, and then as we go to leave today, there'll be ushers at the door with, with the buckets. Just You can drop your card in there. If you're doing a card, if you're not doing one, just don't make eye contact and walk right past them. No. Anyone else do that when you feel awkward? Like sometimes I don't have any cash and I walk by the red kettle of Salvation Army at Christmas time and I'm like, oh, don't make eye contact because then I feel bad. All right. Let's, let's take a few moments here and just kind of press in and say, God, I, I want to respond in the right way. I want to respond in healthy ways to you. I want to step back and let you speak to me. I want you to give me clarity. But at the end of this, God, even if you don't do that, God, th this is about drawing closer to you. And if I walk out of this time not feeling like I have the answers that I wanted, it's okay because I've drawn closer to you. You have drawn closer to me. And because of that, I know I will be changed. Something that's important for us 
as we plan fast is to understand that going without food, depending on who you are and what is happening in your life, can be a difficult thing. All right, and I will I will use our family as an example here. Um, but I, I think there still are moments where we can say, God, how can I how can I kind of do this? How can I make this work? All right. I'm type one diabetic. I have tried full day fasts, uh, and sometimes I can make it a little ways. Lots of times though, I reach a point where at night, doesn't matter how much juice I drink, my sugar dips over and over and over, which is incredibly dangerous for me. So for me, like it looks a lot more like, okay, how can I stretch myself still in this moment? So for me, it's going to be trying to eat something small late in the evening, after dinner time. Because I need that to be able to make it through the night. All right? But because I'm doing that, I'm going to up the amount of days that I normally would be able to do. Like, I'm trying to kind of figure out that happy medium of like, God, I want to push myself. I want to feel like... I want to feel this in my life. I don't want to just do what I know I can easily do. All right? Uh, there, there may be times where you daily are taking a medication and you need to have food in order to do that. Okay, like figure, figure that out. Like there's ways to kind of do this. You don't need to be legalistic about fasting, right? We never want to go legalistic in this. All right, but what does it look like to challenge you? We presented it to our kids. Uh, we have younger kids. And our, our seven-year-old is like, well, maybe I'll fast lunch on Sunday. We're like, okay. And he's like, you know, maybe I'll do both meals on Sunday. We're like, okay, that's, that's great. Later on, he came back. He's like, uh, I really like breakfast. Maybe I'll just do lunch. And I'm like, well, you thought you could do this, and I'm, you can make your decision, but I'm going to challenge you. I think you can do both of them. You know, our five-year-old is like, hey, I'm going to do that too. Like, I'm going to try and do lunch or something like that. Our three-year-old, she, I don't even know if she knew what we were talking about. She's just eating her chicken nuggets and moving on. All right. But like uh, all of us are at a different place, like even just like in our, our physical health and whether or not fasting food is an option or not. I think that what we want to do though is what does it look like for you to take time and say, God, I am focusing on you. I am pressing in deeper. I am challenging myself and I'm going to be uncomfortable while doing this. Like what does that look like for you? All right, and, and there is not any guilt in this. Like we say this when we talk about giving, like any of these things. Like God wants our heart. God wants us in this. All right, this is never about us manipulating you to get you to do something that you don't want to do. All right, you don't want to do this, don't do it. Please don't. But I want to challenge you to just step up and say, God, I, I want to draw closer. I want to do this in response, all right? I want to just close in prayer this morning. As we were talking today, maybe you're here today though and you, you feel like, I don't know if I've actually made this decision. I don't know if I've made any decision to, be, to follow Jesus. So this idea of fasting in response to what he's doing, I don't even know what he's doing in my life. I don't know if I'm seeing anything like that. I would love for you to come and talk with me. All right, I'd love to sit down. We could grab lunch. We could grab coffee. We could just hang out. Uh, and it could, it could be this morning, right now afterwards, just saying, 
you know, I want to, I think I want to take a step forward in my relationship with God. If that's you, please come and talk to me afterwards. I would love to talk about that and to give you some resources and help you move forward. But I want us just to kind of close in prayer. Can we just kind of stand across this room? If you have that card, and if you're choosing to fast this week, I want you to just kind of grab that card and hold it in your hand. And I want you, as as I pray in closing, to just kind of pray along with me, just in your own mind, be praying over what God does in your life this week as you process just some of this response to what God already has done and is doing. So God, we thank you, Lord, just for the the ways that you are moving in our lives. Lord, even if we don't see it, God, highlight that for us, point that out to us. And Lord, this week, we want to draw closer to you. We want to be changed. Lord, as we step into a new year here, God, we want to stop. We want to slow down. We want to process and just say, okay, there's this moment that has happened. And God, in response to that moment, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to listen for your voice. God, if you want to speak to me, here is your chance. God, if you want to, to guide me in a new direction, please do it. God, if you want to do something in me, I'm giving you permission. And God, I pray that this would set the tone for this entire year for us. Lord, a year of growth, a year of focusing on you. That this would set the tone for that. Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen.